Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for Seminal Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV begins right now. Great to be with you, as always. Thanks for joining us. Before we get going, uh, a reminder to like and subscribe, Warchant TV. Uh, as you get this content and so much more, and you'll want to know uh, when it's uh, running live, when it's posted, all that good stuff. So like and subscribe to Warchant TV. I'm Jeff. There's Ira. There's Corey. He's on the little video screen we can all see there. Director Matthew is uh, producing and directing today, and this hour brought to you by our friends. Yay, sausage! Register sausage and uh, take it away. That was a hearty sausage. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah man register sausage if you uh if you haven't had it yet you need to if you didn't have any for your super bowl party you screwed up and uh you know we're not going to take it easy on you we're going to let no, you know you screwed up get you ruined together. you basically ruined the super bowl experience for all your friends and family by not having registered sausage but if you want to make up for it go to your local grocery store if you're in the southeast or order online at registermeats.com and they will have it delivered and uh it's a company that's run by Knowles and supports the Knowles, and you should support them. Yeah, and the Knowles need a lot of support. Ben may not realize it, but he's got to funnel a ton of money now to the basketball program, which is in a state yeah. of disarray. So, uh, speaking of which, Corey, will you watch the game tonight, or are you just not going to watch? Are you going to tune in? I, you know, probably a little bit of it. Uh, Brady's got a baseball practice, so i got to get him to that. And I, I'll probably keep up on Twitter. That's what I'll do. I, I don't know if I can do it anymore, guys. And I, and I was talking about on Wake Up War Chant, like I feel bad for having that perspective because they've given us so many good moments, this basketball program over the last five years. They've kind of saved the job in a way. As bad as the football team has been, it's been so much fun to cover this program, but holy moly was Saturday uh, abysmal. In the last six games, obviously, uh, was Saturday say, was the creme de la creme. Was say, you forget about that pit game? Yeah, yeah, that was rough too. At least oh. that was close. <laughs> they all run together, but no, I think Saturday was uh, on its own – own island of uh, awful. Well, hey, so before that, before we get into the the dismay and the dismalness, that's a word, right? We're dismalness. That's no, I don't think. I don't think so. No. Did y'all go to a Super Bowl party? What did y'all What did y'all do for the Super Bowl? What What did guys of y'all's stature and age? What do you like to do for a Super Bowl? Well, here's what you must know, and surely you're part of this too. Probably, uh, we get invited to a lot of parties. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a given, right? So it's with great pleasure that I have options, and I turn them all down whenever possible. I just want to be at the house. 
Mm. It's the one time to chill the hell out. It's like I don't like to go out on New Year's Eve either. Just to chill at the house. There's no reason to be amongst the masses in amateur hour. Let's just chill out at the house and watch okay. the game. And that's what we did. I did a little grilling for the family. Nice. Uh, had a few uh, adult beverages. Enjoyed the game. Took it to took it to bed. Did your whole family watch it with you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What about you, Ira? That's the reason I do watch it at home every time because it's the one football game a year that my wife and kids will watch. <laughs> that's correct. And mostly for the commercials, but sure. whatever. And it gets yeah. them to watch it. And so, uh, yeah, no, we had a good time. Kim and the kids like appetizers, and Kim makes a bunch of different stuff. And, yes, we, we keep you the house. Which uh, bar did you go to, Corey? I wasn't. I was at a buddy's house. I was at Michael's house. But I was going to say, and I was at a party, but it wasn't a huge party. But you couldn't hear all the commercials that well. But they looked like trash. They didn't look like they were any good at all. Were there any good, like, The Larry David commercial was pretty good. Other than that, no, not really. But I like that you were able to judge them without sound, though. That's impressive. <laughs> I heard a little bit. I heard enough. I heard enough that they, this isn't any good. I, this, this isn't doing it. Basically, the, the, my big takeaway from the commercials was that you, uh, A, you need to buy an electric car or an electric vehicle. Uh, if that? you haven't done that, you need to get on that. Apparently, they're going to be flooding the market with them any day now because uh, <laughs> that's all every commercial. And then uh, you also need to buy a crypto. That's the other. Uh, yeah. So th- those are the two things I took away. Which few are people doing? Yeah. Uh, so that said, uh, obviously, a couple Knowles get a uh, get a ring there. Uh, yeah. Really happy for Cam Akers. So it's fine. We, we don't have to talk about Jalen, maybe Jalen, Jalen, but that play, you can't review that play. Like <laughs> 20, 30 million people know that he got his face mask grabbed and yanked down, and that's why the guy scored the touchdown. But the one person that needs to know is clueless and doesn't know, and it just stands. That's a weird way now in 2022 to watch sports. Where we all know it was a penalty, it's obvious. It's not subjective. His hand grabs the face mask and yanks it down. What? It's not like they were both bumping. You can't overturn that. Nobody. You can't have some uh, rule in the booth, some referee in the booth that can buzz and say no, that shouldn't count. Is it Mike Ferreira who does the I think so. box? Uh, typically, I think it's Mike Ferreira. He. I heard an interview with him the day after the Super Bowl, and he said something that I think a lot of people have begun to come around to, which is amazing all these years later. But he, in essence, and this is a guy who gets paid handsomely to review these penalties and say whether or not the officials did a good job, he, he thinks they should remove all re- uh, video reviews. Just be done with it. That, they, oh. they, that, that this is such a screwed-up process, and it also has infiltrated the way that refs, uh, the mindset that they have going into games and what they're looking for and not looking for, and, and they get lazy in the moment because they don't have to be right. They, they can always go back uh, and, and get an official in their ear saying to you know, review this or that. And, and he thinks it's... Uh, it's it, it's led to uh, what I think is he's correct on is a really convoluted. Uh, there's no rhythm to games anymore. Now this game, for the better part of 58 minutes, they decided to stay out of and yeah. do a good job of not injecting themselves, only to ruin it in the final two minutes by deciding to throw a flag until Cooper Cup caught a touchdown pass. But it is so, weird. It is weird that on that play, and I get I, yeah. and I get that every official, and I'm not saying it should have been reviewed. I'm just saying I get that every official has their own responsibilities during a play. But on that play, when the ball is hoisted. 50 yards downfield, other referees are looking over there too. Like I could see maybe the guy who was right over there, maybe is in his blind spot or something. It's weird to me that nobody else saw the face mask get grabbed and Jalen Ramsey get slung to the ground. Um, but on your topic, though, on that topic of replay, it is messed up that like nobody knows what's reviewable. You know, even the announcers half the time don't. Like Tony Romo was like advocating for them to review like an illegal procedure or something last week or two weeks ago. Um, you know, these are guys that get paid to do this. They don't know what is even 
reviewable. And I think sometimes the players don't know, and you can tell, and sometimes the coaches don't know. So it's it is a I'm not I don't know, man. I know that there's a couple of plays a game that that are you know maybe a week that that it becomes a big deal. But it's funny. I was sitting watching the game with my family. My daughter Alexa asked me at one point. She goes, "Okay, so if if it, if somebody catches the ball and they get like what what makes it a catch?" And I was like, "Oh, that's another question. Well, it's got to be a football well, yeah. move, Alexa. <laughs> it's like, got to be yeah. a football move." Yeah, and if he runs out of bounds, sixteen yards, and then falls down and drops it, then that may not be a catch either. We really don't know. Uh, so one thing I would say is that I'm not necessarily for going as far as Mike Pereira did. Uh, I, I am I would be an advocate for only reviewing uh, inbounds, out-of-bounds, catch, no-catch, fumble, no-fumble, down, not down. Uh, that's it. Everything else is play ball. Also, but, I mean, look, man, it literally – we don't have to act like it's a four-minute ordeal. No. I can I can text you, and you get a text instantaneously. Yeah. It says, hey, man, you're dumb, and you, you, you're dumb and you're mean. Those are the texts I usually send you. And you get those instantaneously. Why can't somebody? I mean, literally, you could text the ref and say, "Hey, man, that was a, have a ref saying that was a that was a offensive pass interference. Move it back. It shouldn't count." That's a wrap. It took ten seconds. We all saw it. And I'm not. And I know that's just one play. They're not going to do it for one play. But review. The problem with review is it's a five minute review for something that's really obvious. And if it's not the, obvious, don't review it. But the problem with that thing, that play, is then you make all penalties reviewable, man, we'll be here forever. And that's what no, Bill just be- face masks. Uh, Bill, Belichick, face Bill okay. Belichick wants that. He said he'd make every single play reviewable. Uh, no, but, man. I, but you wouldn't be there. If you saw it, you say, hey, it would literally take – all the guy had to do was run back to Dude, the line of 15 it, of those stoppages on top of the other stoppages that go two uh, minutes. All I'm going to say is that other sports do it much better than football. And they have less money, so I don't know how, but they do. Like in, well, hockey, I wouldn't say that Major League Baseball is a joke. They're they're the worst one. Major League Baseball is the worst review. Yeah, the NBA ain't much better in the final two minutes. I guess Mike Pereira is right. Replays killing sports. Well, and I mean, listen, in softball, Lonnie Alameda at last year at the uh, out in the Super at the World Series, they were it was it became a hot topic because there was a controversial place, and she said it right off the bat. She's like, I'm not sure that that's in our best interest to. Uh, one one of the things that's good about our sport is we get going. We go. We're moving. They get and in and out, man. Sure. Let's go. And now yeah. they're they're going to be messing around with it. No, I remember for all those years that we advocated for replay, it seemed like the obvious thing to do. But most of the arguments centered around botched calls about whether he got both feet in or not, whether the ball was caught in possession maintained or not, whether the ball was whether the guy's knee was down or not. It was really about three or four things always. But that whole process about what's a catch has become so bastard. It, convoluted it's messed up and it used to just be i mean look it's so weird sometimes when you sit around a bunch of people who love football and they've grown up watching football some played football whatever right we can all watch a game if the three of us were sitting on the couch and watching a game and we saw a guy make a catch and it just said freeze it right here okay so as soon as he gets tackled right or he goes out of bounds or whatever it is i could say real quick catch no catch and the three of us right. would be on the same page every time we know what a catch looks like we know what what is and what isn't a catch why did they make that so complicated? How did this suddenly become a thing where you have to catch it, you have to make a football move, you got to dance a two-step, you got to do a bunch of different things before you ever release the ball, yeah, hand it to the official? It. It's crazy how, how convoluted that became. It didn't have to be that way. So, I mean, I, I just think it's become, it's too much of a good thing. You know, it, uh, I was with everybody else that was calling for it, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, but but I I do think... It need, we need less of, of it the than day, more. You, you do want to get the thing right. You don't want a Super Bowl decided on a horrible call or a, a guy that you say was in bounds when he wasn't. So I think the good outweighs the bad. 
but, but barely. But, but I think why you can a, limit the number of things that you can review is what I'm getting Why, is a, why yeah. is a face mask so much more important than another holding call? Because the play before – or the the call everybody complained about the the defense, defense holding, holding which, which was terrible, nonsense. Terrible call. The play before the announcers didn't notice it, but there was a mugging on that play. Yeah, and they didn't call it. So that's why I kind of felt like they were making it up in the next play. But I mean, yeah. are you are you going to not review that? They got if a, if a receiver gets tackled during his route, but it's not by the face mask. That's not reviewable. No, I think I, my my idea would be just to make the subjective things not reviewable. Objective, like actually grabbing a face mask. That should be reviewable because we can all see that he grabbed a face mask and yanked it down. Not that he pushed him down. That's all. That, that to your I point, think the objective thing should be reviewable. To your point, though, they can. I don't know how. And when I said they do it better, I meant in terms of timeliness, Corey. I feel like you, you most of these sports, they do it in hockey really well. You know, you have a central command center. And that command center, New York, Toronto, wherever it might be, right? They go uh, offsides, uh, high yeah. sticking. It's over. It's it's done. It's buzzed down. It, it, they're they have a group of guys sitting there doing this. So what it's about just like that? What about Darius Washington lined up in the backfield when he's not worse than any other offensive tackle in any other game? Would that be reviewable? Should that be reviewable? I no. think they could review like if you're on the line of scrimmage or not. Yeah, or twelve men on the field is that uh, reviewable? This, we're getting closer know. and closer to what I originally said, which is get rid of it. <laughs> Let's just play ball. Get rid of it. Uh, I I don't think you want to lose games on horrible calls. That's well, all. You uh, just don't I, want to lose them on horrible fine, calls. Fine, fine. Keep catch, no catch, inbounds. Yeah, inbounds. that's fine. That's it. Everything else. Let's play ball, boys. Hey, I, but hey, congrats to the Knowles. Congrats to Cam. Congrats to Jalen. They're they're Super Bowl. And more importantly, congrats to Leroy Butler. My man is in the well, Hall of Fame. We Good should for him. we should kind of start with that. By the way, I've had Leroy Butler on the show a few times, and he's always fun to talk to. And uh, good for him. Congratulations to him. Long time coming. Great player. I've never talked to him. I've never interviewed him. Oh, he's but, a fun guy to talk. But to. I will say this: I don't know if I've ever seen anybody beloved the way he is, like on social media, and then just talking to people. I mean, everybody seems to love Leroy Butler. Fun guy to talk to, man. He's uh, I, I dare say pretty humble. Uh, when I when I've interviewed him, he's been very humble, um, and and he talks about you know growing up in Jacksonville and all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, like every time I talked to him, it was more about how happy he was for all of his family and friends, and you know his successes. Sure, he's well aware of how good he was, um, and I'm sure if if you push the right buttons, he would remind you. But it never is at the forefront in any conversation I've ever had with him. It's always been about his teammates, uh, the guys he played with at FSU, uh, his coaches, and then of course the people he grew up with in the neighborhood he grew up with. He brought that up both times that I talked to him most recently uh I've always just doffed the cap I think he's class act and I think he's a big part of that community up there I think he still lives near Green Bay right it seems like it. So. all the pictures on Twitter look snowy um and you know he's going to schools he's talking to schools he, he just seems like a really big part of that community so I'm sure they all celebrated that like Jeff said man I, he's one of the first recruits I remember um from when I was like I was 12 maybe 11 or 12 when he signed with Florida State and um I remember him telling the story about he grew up in such a rough neighborhood in Jacksonville that he didn't want Bowden to visit him. Right. Like he, he wanted Bowden to come to a school or he would visit him at a restaurant or something. He's like, don't come to my house, especially after dark. It was one of those recruitments. That's where he grew up. That's how Leroy Butler grew up. And then he became the person he became. It's just an all, it's a really cool story Yeah, for him and for Florida state. Yeah. And Leon Washington has, has said that he was his hero. Like that was kind of the inspiration to him as a kid growing up in Jacksonville, also in a tough part of Jacksonville. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I didn't, yeah. I don't think I knew that. I always thought it was really cool too, that the guy invented the Van uh, Lambo leap. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, if you think about it now, it's just a standing tradition, but it's him. And he sells his leap. Is it leap vodka? Leap? Does he? Yeah. He sells yeah. an alcohol. that's called leap. Which is well awesome. Done. Smart. 
That's so smart. And he was smart. marketing. And he was trying to sell a lot this week. Yeah. He was taking advantage of <laughs> you it. You got to take advantage yeah. of it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, great player. Uh, a lot of fun. And he's one of the guys. That, so people that are around uh, my age, Iris' age, Corey's age, uh, you know, you, you guys remember Leroy Butler. But for people who are slightly younger, it's interesting. I got a lot of feedback when I talked about it on my show and then I tweeted it, you know, retweeted Florida State's congratulatory tweet to, to Leroy Butler. Uh, there are a lot of people who listen to us here on some of the headlines or read the articles or whatever it might be who really don't have vague fog memories of uh, of Leroy Butler. They're you know they're they're people in their early thirties or, or late twenties that listen to the show it, that like don't really realize just how significant a figure in FSU lore he is. And it was a weird uh, man, you're old moment when you realize how long it's been since he played in the NFL. Yeah, it's, it happens I mean, a lot to me these days. I was like, what? Well, the the yeah. Ruski was. 33, 34 years ago, man. That's how old it was. But that's the thing. The people that know Leroy Butler, the younger fans, know him from that play. That play. They don't realize the next year he was an All-American cornerback and like was one of the leaders in the country in interceptions. He had an interception on the first play of that Miami game in 89. He was an All-American. He was a great player. He was not – clearly he was not a one-play wonder because he's now, he's now in the Hall of Fame and it ain't for being in the punt ruski. I thought it was cool. I brought up the fact that uh, it just so happened to be – uh, they were. Uh, I was listening to an interview. Mark Schlereth was being interviewed, and uh, of course, he played in a bunch of Super Bowls. And he was talking about when they were game planning to play Denver in the Super Bowl that uh, their defense, uh, their offensive line, uh, whole thing was predicated on wherever Leroy Butler was. Hmm. He was like, when we watched film, we saw that that guy was so much more than a, a, a corner, so much more than that. He played like a linebacker. They walked him up. He was so physical. He could tackle against the run. And he realized, Schlereth was saying, that their offensive coordinator was saying, listen, you can't treat him like he's a corner or a safety in the box. You have to treat him like he's a linebacker. So when we're doing, uh, when we're calling out the Mike linebacker and we're calling out our assignments, you need to treat him, uh, if we're running a play to that side, like the kickout block is for the linebacker. Mm -hmm. And then don't worry about it. That's how impactful he was on every play. And they used him in so many facets. And he's like, our whole game plan had only to do with him. Wherever he was, we called it out before every play because he was that kind of player. That's pretty cool. So FSU's got how many guys in the Pro Football Hall of Fame now? Is it five? Five. five. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Who's number six? <sighs> I think it's going to be Anquan. I was I think about that Anquan to, will eventually get in. I used to argue for Warwick Dunn because it's now commonplace to see running backs be that kind of versatile, but it wasn't when he played. You had guys that stood out for years, uh, whether it's like a Roger Craig or somebody like that. Later on, uh, Marshall Falk is included in that group of people that caught the ball out of the backfield so successfully. But work done, if you just look at yards, because it doesn't really matter if you get yards running or catching. Yards are yards, right? If you look at what he did in terms of total yardage, and you see some of the other guys that are in the Hall of Fame that are in the backfield, you go, ah. You could make an argument for him. I'm not saying he should get in. You could make an argument for him. Um, but Anquan, you know, and he has a lot of other factors that would help him get into the Hall of Fame, like being the Walter Payton Man of the Year, uh, amongst yeah. other awards. Like work done. Work done. Yes. Yeah, both yeah, of them. yeah, both of them do. And that's something the Florida State fans could be very proud of uh, on the regular because it's not like uh, there's a shortage of uh, great guys that not only played at a high level, but think about Derek Brooks yeah. and the way he's perceived. I mean, there's so many of the Florida State's great players are perceived that that way and are that way. Simple Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. How you doing there, podcasters? Good. Good to hear it. Listen, <laughs> if, you're, if you're wondering uh, for, you know, for a good place to eat, Watch a game, have a cold beer, enjoy a lot of choices. We suggest Horizons Bar and Grill. Maybe even run into us. 
You might happen. see us. Could you right. and I especially. Yes. I or, mean, I'm there once a week, I think. When I'm in town, I'm there. Stephanie and I are there. Great place. Cold beer, hot women, everything you want in a uh, – I probably shouldn't have said that. Well, it's okay. Hot beer and cold women. <laughs> whatever you're into. I, I, like, I like the good-looking ladies, too. That's sure, all right. But, but even if that's uh, not your thing, I'll be there. I'm a good-looking guy. And we would all agree, great food. Legitimately most good important food. part of this ad is the great food. It's great food. They got TV, sports bar. They got that vibe, but beer, food, everything you could want. And most importantly, again – other than uh, the food, is that there is at least, I'd say, a 35% chance one of us would be there. And you get the mac and cheese bites. And you can get those shrimp tacos, which yeah. are the king. Uh, you get the, you've gotten healthy on me lately. You I get, eat the hummus. You eat the, I hummus. Get the hummus. Who eats really that? Good. He I, does. At Horizons I, I know I like hummus. Maybe I go. don't, but Horizons got some great hummus. But you look for them on their website. You can see their happy hour specials. It's uh, just a great place to hang out. And it's and if you want to like a little upscale dinner, you yeah. can go in there for that as well. It's at Bannerman Crossing at the... Uh, Right off of Thomasville Road and Bannerman uh, up there on the northeast Tallahassee. Tell them headlines sent you. Well, the important thing is support the people who help support Seminole Headlines. That's Horizons Bar and Grill. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Good headliner questions I was just going through during the break here. Not as many as we're accustomed to, Corey, right, but, right. but 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 uh, good questions. All Any right? basketball-related questions? <clears throat> there are a few requests not to talk about basketball in the questions. <laughs> sure. We can accommodate. Yeah. I do think we have to mention a couple of things here, more big picture as opposed to individual play or results, because the results are speaking for themselves. This team stinks, and they've had a lot of things happen uh, that have led to that, but now they've taken it another step. Corey, to your point in the column on Warchant.com, you know, it's one thing to be decimated by injury, and they have been, and there's no getting around that, and that's not their fault. It's a whole nother to be down 24-1 to 1 or down 38 points at halftime and allow for a record to be broken uh, for North Carolina at their place, a place that's been open since 1986. I mean, that's embarrassing, and you can't ever be in a situation where people are casually checking the score and they see that their team is down at one point sixty something to 20 something. I mean, it, it can't happen, right? You can't. So you, you're in the midst of a nightmare scenario that strongly hints at a group that's laying down and quitting. And that's what's unacceptable. And it's also stunning. I want to look at it from a big per- picture perspective. Leonard Hamilton is an ultra competitive guy who cares very deeply about things that matter. Uh, certainly the way that you go about your business matters to him. Um, there's no way he was watching that trans- transpire on Saturday and, and, and that inside was a fire just raging, right? He had to have been absolutely beside himself. Uh, but, you know, obviously there's only so much you can do to correct it in the moment, but my goodness, he must be appalled by what he's seen. And loving the, uh, the fact that at least the clock runs in, in basketball. Like Whew. it's not baseball where you could be out there for a twenty-five yeah, run inning. Yeah, yeah. Like that Ohio State team. Okay, we can't back get this team out. This is the problem. Um, <laughs> but that was the only saving grace of that game is that the clock was going to run. Um, it could have been a running clock. That would have been better. Should have had no a running clock out. in the second half. Yeah. Um, I thought the team got quit on the, each other more I, because they couldn't make shots early in the game, and it, that affected their defense. Well, but yeah, and that, that's my whole point on this whole thing is I don't. I just I think it's unfair to judge these individual guys and to say. Okay, those guys lack heart, or those guys lack um, character, or whatever it is you want to describe that ability to not really compete. Because I do feel like people act differently in different situations. And somebody, 
you know, if I'm playing with four good players, I might raise my level to their play and believe and, and just want to compete. Whereas if you're if if those guys are gone and now you're with three or four other guys who aren't any good and you're looking around like, man, we can't even get the ball past half court. That's going to affect your ability to compete and your desire to compete. It shouldn't, but it does. And and so I think there's it's just to me it's unfair to say okay these they've missed in terms of recruiting these guys in terms of character because I think it is a tough situation when you look around and instead of being surrounded by Caleb Mills and Malik Osborne and 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 uh, you know Anthony Polite you're surrounded by you know it's Harrison Prieto and Wyatt Wilkes you know it's just it's not what you it's not what those guys envision so I think it's it's natural sometimes to to struggle with that, even emotionally and mentally. I'm not, I'm not what, excusing it, but I think that that explains it. I don't, and I don't think I, I would never say that these guys are just lack competitiveness. Period. But in that game, they did, and that's what was. It can be both. You can have a competitive right. nature and just one game decide, man, this is what are we doing here? Well, that's that's problematic. I mean, Malik Osborne might not be on the team next year too. Neither might Anthony Polite. We don't know what the roster is going to look like. But they're like. not going to roll out a, a, a t- top 10 players in any game next season that they rolled out in that game Saturday is all I'm saying. Sure. I'm not, I, yeah, but, I'm not yeah, saying you're I not wrong. You. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying they, they did compete in that game. They did not. A couple guys did in the second half. I'm just saying I think some people are taking that to the next step to say, oh, they misevaluated. No, I, I don't but think I think that's the worry. Is to, that That's not a worry, but that's, that's what this next month is, is my – Fill these guys with something. They, they got a month to get better. So going into next season, you feel better about what they are. They feel better about themselves. My biggest problem in the last few games is the their offense in the first half is an absolute train wreck, even with Caleb Mills on the – I mean, Caleb Mills was on the court and they, they had one point in eight minutes. So it wasn't like he was lighting it up. Nobody has any confidence at all in the first half. They just whip the ball around the perimeter – Nobody makes a move. Nobody tries to get inside. Nobody plays with any confidence over and over and over. They're, look at their last, like, three first halves. I think Wake, they were 5 they were five of 28. Wake, they were 7 of 30. This game, they were down 24 to 1. Like, these these starts are – they're embarrassingly bad offensively. Well, I think there's uh, – well, two things I would say. One one is that I do feel like – and I. And I don't know that Leonard's going to change anything because talking to him yesterday, it sounds like he doesn't plan to change much. But I feel like at this point, you should say, okay, who who are my guys? Because the offense they run, that ball screen continuation offense, only you're looking for mismatches. You're looking for opportunities where somebody can beat somebody to make a play. But when you're when you're doing with that with a bunch of guys who are kind of limited, yeah, there's nothing comes open. So that's why it looks like they're just wasting time because nobody's ever going to get that opportunity, unless in rare instances. So. I would scrap that man. I would. I would have. I mean, again, it's easy for me to say late in a season that you're just going to scrap what you do. But there's only like three guys on this team, and that's if Caleb Mills is healthy. You tell him to hunt. That shots. should be taking shots. Go, go yeah. hunt shots. And everybody else can set screens and rebound. And then defensively, you know, I look more at the zone, which they've done some of. But but when we talked to Ham yesterday, he's like, he said they've had that conversation and among the staff of like, do we need to change things up? And he's like. We are what we are. This is what we do. I believe in what we do. We need to stick with it. And mm. I think that may be a mistake yeah. for this yeah. situation. Yeah. Especially when people are out here setting records on you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a, that'll cause you to reevaluate. I mean, you know, Virginia Tech set records. North Carolina setting records. People are out here setting records because they get wide open looks on the regular. And I understand what we're supposed to be, but we're not that. And they're all beat up. So you got you to do something different. It ain't working. 
So, I mean, the other problem is, and I look big picture, I'm not attacking anybody's character, but I, I look big picture at what Ham has been successfully able to build here. And I think of it from a, from a Florida State standpoint, I know how fragile this is. I think we all do. Uh, it's taken a lot of hard work to build to a place where Florida State had a distinct home court advantage for people that came into the TLCCC, right? It took years and years. It wasn't just a good season here or there. It was sustained good seasons, changed style of play, uh, adopted a more forward way of thinking about the game. I mean, he did that late in his career. That is amazing. That's a compliment to him. Not too many people who are his age would ever do that, right? To kind of go away from and, and to be able to recruit differently and all all of that that he built, it goes away if you have this season and one more like it. It's gone. Those people will not come out to watch that because they're fickle, sorry-ass fans to begin with And and when it comes to basketball. They won't. And I'm so scared that, it, that this misstep, because they whiffed on a few big names in recruiting, they didn't get those guys that they wanted, and now this upcoming class, we don't know how good it is, but on paper, it's not great. Sustain a poor level of play this but, year but, but if, for whatever reason, and do it again next. And no question. That's it. That's no all. question. But I guess my question is: Will people will it, will people come back? Will next year's crowds be as good as they were early this year? If this team gets healthy, you get keep everybody together, and maybe you bring in a transfer, and there's excitement going into next season. Like, did this season do irreparable harm, or would it have to go off the cliff again next year? Well, I, we, I mean, still, if they finish with a they finish on a thirteen game losing streak. Yes, yeah, I don't know game. that that opener against Rhode well, Island or whoever they're going to be playing <laughs> UNF is going to pack them in. Well, that's what I'm wondering. No who they bring in? Well, that's what I'm wondering though. Is is it is will the excuses of the injuries at least mitigate that for going into the next season? Will people say, you know what, last year was all because of the injuries and? Yeah, let's yeah. hope we don't have to find out. I'd like him to win in the game at some point. Like, wow. you can win this game. but Get one tonight. I know Caleb, Caleb Mills might not play. You're going to have a bunch of freshmen and guys that aren't necessarily <laughs> ACC caliber uh, playing in the playing big minutes. But go up there and go win a game. Go, but, lo, go let these fans feel good about, well, about you again. And so that, but that's my thing, though. You watch that game, and, like, and, I, know, and I just think the focus turned to, and, and your column was on point, Talking about the effort because that that is something that can yeah, never that, that can never waver. Yeah. But you look out there at that, you know, and you've got like man, the Baycott kid going up against Paris and Prieto. You've got, I mean, there's just so many. I mean, it's like man, this isn't. That's what I'm when I was thinking about Leonard Hamilton. It wasn't like what he's thinking about from an effort standpoint. It was like him and Stan Jones and that staff just sitting there going, "How do we end up with this? Like, how are we here?" Well, don't you think that that's got to be some introspection too? Like, why why when Malik Osborne goes down and a kid that's only Naheem McLeod was playing much better there lately, but there were games where he played two minutes a game. When those two go out, all of a sudden you got to walk on. Is your is is the guy you you count on in the in the post? Like, I mean, Tenor, Tenor, Tenor was, but he's been, you know he's a little bit he's, banged up. He too. can't get right um, yeah. health health wise, and it's like that. I don't know that other teams in the country go to a walk on as like their sixth seventh guy. Like Florida State has, and that, and you know, look, man, Raekwon, you're getting nothing out of your point guards, nothing. Raekwon has had some really cool moments this year, and that's awesome. He's not doing much for you. Well, he's um, and he's not the kind of guy that with with without weapons, right? Yeah, on the wings, mm-hmm. he's nothing. I mean, he, you got you got yeah. no shooters with 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 Osborne and Polite out, who are your two best shooters probably. They're out. You got nothing left there. Wilkes, you, you know, you just you've got guys that like, and they're also, some of this is roster management. Well, like the, other teams could withstand injuries. Uh, the way this roster was built, you lost the two guys that you absolutely could not lose. 
and you lost them. But that doesn't absolve them of all blame for having a roster where two non-NBA guys get hurt and you're down 40 on the road. That's all. That's all I'm saying. But it's they were down, huge for this team. Down, this was a tournament down, team. They were down four guys in that game, not just two. And, and definitely you know, one that could be an NBA guy and another might be as well. Who? So, what? This past no, I'm game. I'm talking about 20 to 1. They were down 20 to 1. Yeah, but they were – Okay, but they also didn't have Polite, who's the, maybe their best defensive that's what I, player. That's what I was talking about. Polite and Osborne are your two best players. Well, and your and your next best center is uh, Nahima Cloud, who's also out. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it's yeah, not just I, two guys that are well, not NBA players. There's now, a lot of now we're getting into stuff that I think we all agree that effort was terrible, and we all agree that they're shorthanded. We can leave it at that. What we what we can't see is them lose 13 straight games in this year, which looks like they're headed that direction. You lose at home to Pitt. Yeah. Well, I mean, they uh, you can lose to everybody convincingly yeah. <laughs> at this point. I do have to see effort. I mean that that we all agree on. You can't be it's twenty four to one or whatever the hell you can't it can't be. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I mean Clemson. Come on, they should be. We should be in this game. No, they should beat Clemson. But but if they have Caleb Mills, well, no, if, you have Caleb, if you don't have Caleb Mills, yeah, I don't know that be you're going to be. Yeah, I don't know that you're going to mm. be Clemson. Seminole headlines ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Well, the good news is, guys, baseball starts this week. That's right. They're going to be a good team, we do believe, we think, we hold out hope. I'll be talking to uh, Mike Martin Jr. on Thursday, and you'll be able to hear that on the JCS. I'm sure we'll post it there on War Chant TV. And How War long Chant. an interview is it going to be? Lengthy, about an hour, I think. Oh, that's weird. So he gets the same interview length that he always does, even though your show's been cut down to two hours. But Ira now, if you blink, you miss his segment. That's true. Literally, Ira, I feel like you were on for about a minute and a half. I talk to Ira day. every Monday. I talk to Meet once a year. I still, I feel like Ira's getting the short cha- short changed here. Well, he's on every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a Tuesday show in which we're all talking together. Oh, that's man, true. That's true. Meat doesn't have that. No, meat doesn't have that at all. So, man, your voice when you lean up to the mic is completely different than it is the rest like of here. Yes. It's much that's, better I when mean, you're leaning into the mic as opposed like to like here. You echo- want me to be here right the whole there? Time? Get up on it. Okay, get right up on it. Yeah, there you right. go. Perfect. Or could, it, so could it angle towards you and then you back up a little bit? Is that possible? Like the I don't know. I, I think it's you the gotta, top. You, we didn't do a sound check. Oh, Hello? Look at that. Hello? Yeah, right so there. much better. You oh, like that? the show just oh, forget about it. Now get okay. somebody else to talk into it. That would be <laughs> would be ideal. <laughs> now that we know the distance, can you get somebody in there? <laughs> somebody we, we'll be, start talking. <laughs> we'll be good to go. Uh but baseball this week, so Mike Martin Jr. and I, we we Knocked it out this morning. I got done talking with him and said, uh, what are we doing? He said, hey, Thursday, Cameron, I got you. Let's go. Let's go long form. Uh, I think he's excited about this team. I think that's obvious. Uh, and I think he should be. And I think we're all pumped up. Hey, and the new padding. You got the pads? <laughs> mm. Hey, man. Hey, man. Baby steps. Baby steps. I'm going to bring my shop back. On Friday, and just go around the halls there. Clean up the puddles. I'm going to get the puddles. Got my shop back with me. You guys see me with the shop back. Just hand me a beer. I'm doing God's work. (laughs) I'm keeping you safe from all the standing water, the disease, and filth. I'll be out there, buddy. We should do a little War Champ video of you going around just cleaning up. Oh, there are plenty of puddles. I guarantee it right now. Let's go. Let's go race over there. I guarantee you. 
I know there's got to be twelve. There's I know one specifically because it never leaves. It never it leaves. Might as well be named. Well, we name it. We're gonna name it a lake, like a lake such and such is what we're gonna name it. So Lake Hauser, because yeah. whenever I go over there and with you guys, we watch the uh, the football practices from that third or second floor. That's or third floor. That's yeah. where that's where it is. It's just mm-hmm. standing water every time. And then, God forbid you're actually walking the stairwell. There's a chance that death finds you. It's. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's like you at a gas station, Corey, in Tallahassee. You're just oh boy, constantly, ner- constantly nervous walking those stairs, thinking <laughs> this could be reason. the end of me. This is it. I'm scared to death. Yeah, it's like a waterfall in there most of the time. It's gross. It's crazy. Hopefully that maybe they maybe they've listened to us and they fixed the uh, the water problem. Maybe they put some houses. padding on the lake. There you go. There a you great go. Little, little padding on the lake where we can all hang out. I think the pads look nice, man. Compa- I mean, the pads again, do look nice. compared you, to what? But I mean, the should, faded you, pink should you not that- put new pads on it just because the rest of the stadium stinks? I mean, you got to do something. Yeah, you got to take the steps you can make. Yeah, I guess so. It would be funny video, Jeff, shop vacuum <laughs> in the stairwell of Hauser. I don't think Florida State would appreciate it. I'm not saying you need to have I think the- they would very much appreciate it. <laughs> they need somebody to do it. Camper's out there shop vacuuming. He cares deeply about this program. Yeah. Like the people that get like the like they'll have the eighty eight cutlass or something and like mm. new paint job, big stereo system. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying they have to do all of that. Like you don't have to pour you don't have to pour a lot of money into it, but just, you know, some nice little things. Just show showing they're making an effort, Jeff. It looks a little bit better. Uh me and the Colonel, I, I'm telling you now, uh I can get out there and, and, and Big Shooter and I will we'll do mm. this. Uh I know that he's he's had to do a lot of a lot of hard work behind the scenes just to make that place uh presentable. It's a toughie. Yeah. But, hey, they're coming back. The quality of the club is not in question. That, we think, right. is going to be very good. They got arms. I'm excited about it. They revamped the roster, at least in terms of bat-to-ball skills. So we're told. Let's go. Let's go. I, I, I'm excited for baseball. And, it's hey, listen, I joke, yes, I've been disappointed by what's happened. Uh, the, you know, the dilapidation of the, of the stadium, it hurts my heart because that place was the place. I mean, in the early 90s, going to games there – I remember thinking, yeah. man, how jealous are the rest of the teams in this league? How jealous are you know people like Florida and other other programs that don't have this? It's just that all of them got new stadiums and upgrades, and we remained right here, right here doing nothing. And that's what do you unfortunate. think they could do to get students involved? Like you don't see students at Florida State baseball games. No, you anymore. see old when, people at Florida State. And baseball when games. Shanna was going to school mm-hmm. in the late nineties, when she was going to school, we'd go to baseball games. Yes. And there'd be almost a student section. Or two of them. Well, well they have, they're, I mean, they're they're down the foul lines, and they, they'll be there for nice weather. Like when there's nice weather, they'll you'll see some students out there in the in the grandstands. But it's not a uh, not Mississippi State, not Mississippi. Yeah, not it's not what like you that. see at these other schools where they're having a party in the outfield. That's the answer to your question: is out there in the outfield. If you built actual stands that overlooked the outfield fence, and you had that be a section where people could get loose. Because they do it. If you look around college baseball, that's the trend. These people, yeah. are, every time there's a home run hit, you see beers go flying up like it's the 16th at the waste management. You know, it's like everybody's going nuts. And they they really entice their students. I don't know if Florida State would be willing to do this, but they have like dollar beer and stuff like that. Or you can bring your own coolers in. and stuff. It's nuts. Like you create an atmosphere doing that. What if you put them on the fence, the right field fence, if you could latch like 55 <laughs> students to the fence? 55. It'll make all the well, difference. I, I'm trying to do the math of how many you could fit up there, but 55. I mean, those would be those would be big time seats. Yeah, but then you can't have people out there partying because that's death waiting to happen right before our oh, eyes in the grandstand. By the way, they're signing waivers. Yeah, guys. if you look, they're going to sign a waiver before they get in those seats. Well, you're, you're, it's like the 
you know, it's like Fenway. Uh, when you look at the monster and you get the monster seats, those are yeah. awesome. I, I'm, th- I'm not even kidding a little bit here. I mean, if you're not going to rip that thing down and build a new one over where the intramural fields are and so that you can walk out of Madso and all the other surrounding places and just go straight to the ballpark, which I would love, uh, if they're not going to do that and they don't have the money for that, if we are talking about, you know, just making minor alterations and that wouldn't be so minor i do think building stands out there and having those be more student oriented very affordable where you could get you know dollar beers or whatever i, I do think that would add to the atmosphere i do or you could do the hauser GoFundMe and try to get the, the stadium go. built let's go yep. i'm in on it welcome in one of these cable networks and say make it to such and such uh, stadium at mike martin field whatever it takes they Whatever do that in other places. This is the yeah. stuff. This is all stuff that gets done, and and that's how you get money when you otherwise wouldn't have it. Is you you outsource, you bring somebody else in, let them be the major sponsor, and then I mean they're the ones who who provide all the cable for Florida State. So you you could do it. I think anyhow, I'd like to see that done. Simple headlines, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, headliners and elite headliners, it's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Somebody in the chat noted, and I was checking during the break, that the next Hall of Famer for Florida State in football could be Sebastian Janikowski. I don't know. I don't know. There aren't many kickers out there anyway. And, uh... Uh, who's been? Who was the guy that uh, the New England guy? Vinatieri, right? Yeah, he'll get in. He's definitely going to get in. Mm. Uh, I know that Janikowski was ever the best in the league. I think he, he was. He just played forever. Uh, I think there was a stretch. He, 2010, 2011, I think there was a year in there. I remember seeing numbers. That, but I, know, I think the problem is he wasn't kicking the playoffs enough. So he, Yeah, he didn't he have a didn't lot of memorable, exposure. meaningful yeah. kicks yeah. Um, like those other guys did. I think it might be Rodney Hudson. Hmm. Good call. That guy's been an all-pro for a minute. He's been in the league for, what was his last year? 2010, right? It was the Chick-fil-A game. So he's been in the league for 11 years and has been good. all Basically all 11 years. He, maybe he'll get a shot at it. Not a bad pick, Corey. He's, uh, he's been exceptional. And you know what's interesting is there are guys that play here that were good, but that you would not think their career 
you know, where you'd say that portends of a Hall of Fame career. Mm-hmm. And I think he's one of them. Like, you looked at him and you thought, he's a good player, and he's a red ass, and he cared. But I didn't think, like, oh, that guy's going to go on to be yeah. an elite NFL football player. But when you listen to offensive line talk by, like, other offensive linemen breaking down film, his name comes up quickly as one of the better players technically in the league, and then also he's aggressive and he's, he's tough. So there's all of that. It's, it's cool. I would not ever have guessed that he was going to go on to have that career in the NFL based on the career he had here, which was good, but I didn't think it'd be what it is now. I, I only asked this. This is completely out of ignorance. You guys watch more NFL than me, and you pay more attention to the Hall of Fame type stuff, but is center an, an issue? Like, this, do a lot of centers get in, or are they valued the same way? Obviously not the way tackles would be. I think I think they just, for an offensive lineman, you're kind of just looking at all pro numbers, pro bowl numbers, that kind of thing, right. I would think. Well, I don't I, know that they differentiate much between tack. I mean, obviously a tackle gets paid more and they get more, they're bigger names, but I, I think, I don't think center would keep them from getting in. Yeah, and it's interesting because there are two ways of looking at pro bowl players. You get this, the, the innocuous pro bowl invite or whatever, and then there's first team all pro. And, that, and those guys are truly looked at as unique because that's a hard list to make. Right. So if you're a tackle, like one guy gets that, you know. So if you're Joe Thomas, you got that five times or whatever. That that is really unique. Do y'all think Matt Stafford is now a Hall of Famer? No, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame now. He's going to put up enough numbers that he's going to have a Super Bowl ring. And I tell you what, I think. Have y'all seen the reverse image, the reverse view of that throw he made yeah. the cup yeah, on the last drive? Yeah, it's a great throw. It's that unreal. throw, I think, that video clip is going to get him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he, all the other stuff helped too, but that throw in that moment is unbelievable. Yeah, the oddity of it is that if you take the game into totality, he didn't play very well. No, uh, he didn't play very well at all. Uh, and then he makes that—you know—that drive saved a lot of people, uh, a lot of embarrassment. Him, uh, certainly McVeigh, uh, who threw up all over himself again. In Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it 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 made up for a lot. Um, Aaron Donald, they ought to be just bowing down to Aaron Donald on the regular because that defensive line, in particular him, uh, gave them a chance to put that drive together when it mattered most. And uh, when it did... And, yeah, their defense in general gave it because Cincinnati yeah. could have put, the put them away. Yeah. They had plenty yeah. of opportunities to put them away, and they never could. Yeah, they just couldn't. They, you know, Cincinnati ended the game on five empty drives. Uh, and by the way, it was the first time all year long that they had five consecutive drives where they didn't score a point. It's pretty crazy to think about that pit game in 2013, the take it to the limo game. Yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's go straight to the limo. That the the guy on that field that would be the all time dominant, maybe one of the best players that's ever played. Right, was the defensive tackle at Pitt and not the quarterback at Florida State. Yeah, like that's Aaron Donald is unbelievable. He, he yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, he throws those guys around like they're me trying to block them. It's funny because we a lot of times uh, overstate someone's value, especially when we're prisoners of the moment after a big game and all that. You really can't overstate how great Aaron Donald is mm-hmm. year in, year out, week in, week out. And what's weird is other big guys, so offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Not like guys like you and I, but big-ass dudes that are trained killers. Talk about how small Aaron Donald is when you, when you go against him, when you stand next to him. Now, we know he's muscular, obviously, yeah. and compared to normal human beings, he's huge. But against other giants, he's relatively small, and they all say the first time that they had to face him, they thought, this is Aaron Donald? <laughs> this is the legend of Aaron Donald? Like, this guy? Yeah. And then that guy kicks their ass, and they're like, oh, okay. 
He's preternaturally strong, wicked quick, and doesn't take plays off. That's the like never takes a play off, doesn't stay blocked. And you know, most people don't at that size don't have that engine to go along with technique and talent. No, he's and he's awesome. Ira, I got a question for you. All right. Who are you the most excited to see play at the spring game? That's from our man Mark. Thank you, Big Mark. Dog Mark. Thanks the for chat. the contribution, Mark. Good stuff, Mark. Uh, pillar. That's, He's a pillar. That is a good question. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm actually going to go with uh, Trey Benson, the running back out of Oregon. Oh, that's okay. a different answer. Just because to me, he's he's so different from what you know you have, what you think you have at running back. I mean, Trayshawn Ward and Lawrence Tofili are nice players. Trayshawn, especially Tofili, if he can stay healthy, but they don't. There's nobody that you look at in that backfield. I, I'm not as sold on DJ Williams. But if you had a dude who who's actually physical, they can replace you know Corbin's physicality, but maybe even a little bit bigger um, and stronger. Um, and I'm not sure exactly if he's if he's bigger, but but just if he's that physical or more so, uh, I think that's a big deal. Um, so to me, he's he's a guy. I mean, the receivers, you know, definitely want to see them too. But I, I I'm really concerned about that running back. Situation. I was going to go to any any of the wide receivers. I just get so excited yeah. about actually having options to throw to. That'd be nice. I think Johnny Wilson's the guy. I want to see how he moves at that frame. Like, can he really move? Is he a t- is he a glorified tight end, or is he a straight up wide receiver that can move? Doesn't it? Six, always, seven? Doesn't it feel though like so many times we get fooled by wide receivers in the spring, probably more than any other position in terms of? I don't of, know, man. I feel like we nailed it pretty well last spring. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were on. on hey, on. I'm going to answer this definitively. Of the receivers, Deuce Span is who I want to see. Because because of the huge upside that everybody says he has if he buys into being a receiver because the physical tools are unique. Now, he's only had five catches, so we'll see. Hour number two forthcoming. Headliner questions. Stay tuned.